I'm Kate Daniels. Dr. Elizabeth Clodas is a preventive cardiologist in Minnesota, and she admits right up front that her desire is to put herself out of that business to help us achieve good heart health naturally, to which end she found she needed to create a food company, and that's Step One Foods. And now we'll get more of that story, as well as the insights on how to improve not just our health, but that of our entire family, because good health begins at birth. Dr. Elizabeth Clotus, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Kate. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you. I'm feeling very excited, too, because we are here to speak very specifically in, in the whole realm of heart disease, which we know is the, the number one leading cause of death in the U.S., correct? Absolutely. And, you know, and it has been our number one killer since we started keeping statistics around these things. So over 100 years, um, and really with the exception of two world wars, it has taken more lives than any other condition, disease, every single year in the United States. And the most amazing thing and, um, and sad thing in many ways is that 80% of heart disease need not exist. That is not a wish, that is not, it's a fact. There are communities around the globe where people experience 80% less heart disease than we do. The CDC says 80% of it need not exist. This is a predominantly preventable condition. And that's, I'm gonna say crazy making that there, it's the number one killer when it doesn't have to be because there is prevention. And that prevention really, and here's the thing, isn't necessarily in the form of taking drugs and medication. Absolutely. Drugs and medications are sometimes necessary. I prescribe them all the time. However, you can do this without drugs. You know, the vast majority of what drugs treat you know, like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high blood sugar. These are conditions that are not caused by deficiency of the right medications. They are caused by deficiency of the right lifestyle. Right. And that's where you are here with us today to talk about these preventive or proactive measures we can take in our lives that don't depend on uh, having bottles and oodles and handfuls of medications. That's correct. You know, I, I'm a preventive cardiologist, so my goal is for people not to need me and, and actually to put myself out of work, and that includes not having to seek me out for prescriptions. Right. I, I wonder if the pharmaceutical companies, though, would agree, or is that too cheeky a thing to say? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, we, we do a very good job of supporting the pharmaceutical companies in medicine. I think they do just fine without me. Yeah. Uh, right. And, but we want to educate here, and this is uh, really music to my ears, because I actually have had to take blood pressure medication, and then my cholesterol kept creeping up, and the doctor said, you need to take that. But I don't want to take a statin. I've heard only negative things about that, and I can't be alone in that. But here you say we can do this differently. And that's what I'm excited about learning and sharing with others. Absolutely. So in terms of being able to regulate um, our blood pressure, our cholesterol and, and blood sugars, uh, 
how should we really approach this? Well, I think, you know, the, the first thing to do is be like a child, and that's ask why. We for, we, somehow we stop asking why as, as we get older, right? Like little kids, like, why is the sky blue? <laughs> why, why, why? Um, and, and we should keep asking why. So, you know, why is the blood pressure high? Why is the cholesterol high? Why is the blood sugar high? Sometimes there is a genetic component. You know, for example, let's go through blood pressure first and then we'll go to cholesterol because cholesterol is, is where, you know, obviously we want to spend some time talking about cholesterol guide, et cetera. But, but if we talk about blood pressure first, you know, there, there is a genetic component. If you have a family history of high blood pressure, chances are higher that you will develop you know, hypertension during your lifetime. As we get older, blood pressure tends to go up a little bit. Um, if we have kidney or thyroid disease, that can affect blood pressure readings. Okay, and then there's like a whole bunch of stuff that we have control over. So other contributors to high blood pressure include inactivity, excess weight, stress, Poor sleep, including sleep apnea, which if you have sleep apnea, if you're a snorer, that can be, that can, you know, treating that can make a huge difference to blood pressure control. Then there's stimulants, things like caffeine and alcohol. And finally, there is sodium in, in the diet. And sodium is actually a huge problem because unless you make everything from scratch, if you buy pre-prepared or partially prepared foods, whether it's in a grocery store or in a restaurant, you know, you are going to be eating a boatload of sodium. Everyone should be eating, you know, under 2,300 milligrams of sodium every day. That's actually not very much. That's a teaspoon of salt. Like, that's it. Spread throughout the day, including what's in the food. And unless you're cooking everything from scratch, it's actually really hard to get underneath that. They did a study of restaurant meals at, at one point, and I don't know whether this chain was um, in your area, but in the Minneapolis area, which is where, where I live, there used to be a chain here called Romano's Macaroni Grill. This study was done a while ago. And the winner was the entree from, from Romano's Macaroni Grill, and it was the chicken portobello pasta which sounds completely benign, right? What could go yes. wrong? You have noodles, you have chicken, you have some mushrooms, right? How can this be high in sodium? 6,700 milligrams of sodium in one entree. And that's before you have the Caesar salad, before you have the bread, before you have the salt caramel brownie or whatever, you know, for dessert. I mean, literally in one meal, you could consume a week's worth of sodium. So you have to be really cognizant of this. And sodium's in everything. And if you start looking at labels, you might be shocked at how much sodium is in our food. A great way to like instantly tell whether something is high sodium or not is look at the calorie content per serving and the sodium content per serving. Forget about the units. Just look at the number. If the sodium is way out of whack, like way higher than the, than the calorie content, you are eating a high sodium food, right? A, a lot of the, you know, the nutrition facts panel, it's all based around 2,000, 2,200 calories per day. Well, that's close to, you know, 2,300 milligrams of sodium, right? So if you're, if you're eating way more sodium than calories, you're going to overdo it for the day. Right. 
Wow, that's a good rule of thumb. That makes it very, very simple for us. And, and sodium affects the cholesterol too, or does it? Um, sodium does not. Sodium is, is really more about um, blood pressure. However, sodium-laden foods tend to have other components that can also you know, mess with your with your cholesterol profile. And one other thing I will say, you know, you can you can look at lowering sodium in a couple of different ways. One is to look at labels, get educated, you know, start reducing the amount of sodium in your diet by simply reducing the, the number of foods that are high in sodium. That's one way. Another strategy, and these are actually, they should go together, is to focus rather than, you know, obsess entirely over eliminating sodium from your food, Think about adding in foods that you know are sodium-free. What's sodium-free? All fruits and vegetables. And so if you add those preferentially, you know, there's only so much room in our stomachs. So you will be naturally displacing higher sodium foods. So, for instance, you're going out for dinner. I mean, it, life is real, right? We can't all <laughs> cook everything from scratch all the time. I mean, I, I don't. So before you go out, you know, have an apple. When you get to the restaurant, you might skip the bread basket. You might eat less, you know, pizza, mm-hmm. right? Is your meal perfect? No. But is it better? Yes. And studies have shown that if you increase fruit and vegetable intake at the same time as you reduce sodium intake, which is like, duh, happens at the same time. Again, there's only so much room in our stomachs. You will attain the same blood pressure lowering effect as a drug. It can be really powerful. So, you know, this is, this is always my point with my patients is like, you have a lot of control here. Use it. Don't, don't squander it. Don't, you know, don't make me put you on a drug where you, when you can fix this yourself. I think there should be a billboard all around the country <laughs> just stating that very simply. Increase fruits and vegetables, lower sodium. You're going to be so much healthier. Absolutely. Mm. I love that. That that makes it so succinct. <laughs> and, well, I don't know if I want to jump ahead of myself because you have some really s- simple ways for us to eat nutritionally and to lower our cholesterol. But do we want to talk anything further about um, cholesterol and its incidence in our body? Yeah, so I think cholesterol is a very important topic especially LDL or bad cholesterol. LDL stands for low-density lipoprotein. When you get your cholesterol checked, you typically get four numbers, right? The total cholesterol, the HDL, the LDL, and triglycerides. HDL is good cholesterol. It's not depositing in our arteries. Triglycerides are fatty particles. They're not really depositing in our arteries. It's LDL that is potentially depositing in our arteries. And that is the number that we pay a lot of attention to because that number is almost linearly linked to heart disease risk. So we want to keep our LDL lousy cholesterol low. Most cardiologists would say that number should be under 130 for everyone, 130 milligrams per deciliter, under 100 if you have some risk factors. So if you have high blood pressure, your LDL should fall below 100. Once you have documented heart or vascular disease, so you've had a heart attack, stroke, bypass surgery, stent, your LDL should fall under 70. And there's data to show that going under 50 is additionally protective. So the main message around LDL is the lower, the better. Okay. 
most people, in fact, some people are afraid to get their cholesterol checked because they think that, you know, their cholesterol is probably going to be high and they're going to have to go on a drug. And, you know, and that's not the case. Just like with blood pressure, there are, you know, contributors to high LDL. On the, from a food perspective, it's really about the types of fats you eat and the types of carbs you eat, and I can go into detail about that, but it's, it, it's actually not much about the cholesterol in our food. It's more about the overall quality um, and, and eating a more plant-based diet that will get you to better cholesterol levels. So to that end because this is your passion to keep us healthy, to be healthy, but to help others be healthy. All the patients you work with, you want to do it in a natural way. So, um, well, you have two things. You have this guide to help us. It's a comprehensive guide that we can find and, and download, I think. Yes. So individuals can find that on, on the website that I think you're heading to, which is steponefoods.com. Yes. And it's free. You, you know, just, just give us your email address. We'll email it to you. And it goes over all your options for cholesterol management from explaining LDL, why it's high, to, you know, what foods affect it, to the different medications that are available. I mean, when I, I've been in practice for 25 years. When I started, you know, out as a cardiologist, we had one option. That was statins, you know, it was Lipitor or nothing. You know, now there is a whole bevy of options for cholesterol lowering. And people need to understand kind of what they do, what the side effects are, you know, for whom some of these options are, are not appropriate. And also to understand that nutrition is the cornerstone of cholesterol management. It will help you avoid medications in many cases or reduce the amount of cholesterol-lowering drugs you need to get your cholesterol under control. And that's really important because Side effects from drugs are typically related to the amount you need, so they're dose-driven. So if you need lower doses, you will protect yourself against developing side effects as well. Well, that is wonderful. But if we really would like to avoid that medication route completely, like you said, it can be nutrition-driven. And is this possible that even if a person has been on the medication, that going on the nutrition path, they could wean themselves away or off the medication because they won't need it? It is absolutely possible. So the nutrients that we are looking for are fiber, antioxidants, omega-3 fatty acids, those healthy fats, and plant sterols, which are natural plant components that help reduce cholesterol absorption in the intestine. And if you eat these nutrients in the right amounts <laughs> and in, in the right combination, you can see significant cholesterol-lowering effects. And you have to know what you're doing. And, and so it's not just eating better. It's about eating really strategically, which is, you know, what led me to start a food company, which I never thought I would, I would do. Like, that is not something I planned on doing when I went to medical school. And yet I ended up doing this to help my patients get to these levels of these important nutrients so they had a fighting chance of, you know, of, of helping to lower their cholesterol through nutrition without having to turn their, you know, turn their lives upside down. I do have to make one important point, though. You know, drugs are not all bad, and some individuals should be on 
cholesterol-lowering drugs, especially statins, because they already have established heart or vascular disease. And those individuals are very high risk for recurrent events, so we want to throw the kitchen sink at them in terms of prevention of, you know, recurrences and, and additional damage and et cetera. So, you know, those individuals should be on statins, even if their cholesterol becomes perfect with the, with the diet that they eat. So th there are some individuals that, that should be on these medications, and I would never advocate that anyone stop their, their prescription medications without first talking to their physician. I mean, you, this really should be done in, in concert, but going back to the original question, which is can you improve your cholesterol enough with food that you don't need drugs? The answer is yes. And so here's where education comes in uh, at a young age, but really for families to really start uh, creating their meals in such a way or fashioning what they're going to do with with children so they get that habit early on. Absolutely. And the reason why that's important is because heart disease doesn't start in our 50s, 60s, and 70s. Heart disease starts actually in childhood when in the unfortunate circumstance that a child undergoes an autopsy has passed away. We can already identify the beginnings of atherosclerosis in teenagers, in, you know, children, you know, age 10, you know, it's minimal, but it's already there. So we can influence the course of this disease from a very early point. And actually, the earlier you start, the better, because this is a cumulative sort of process over time. But it's never too late. That's the other thing, though. It's never too late to begin. So even if you've not been, you know, particularly kind to your body for decades, you know what? Our bodies are designed to survive and thrive. You give it what it needs, and it will heal. It will heal. Our bodies are really amazing, aren't they? They're miracles. It's, <laughs> you know, the heart's a miracle, right? It, right. it, it beats 60 times a, a minute, 60 minutes an hour you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year for 100 plus years. It's astonishing. It just keeps doing it. And you have dedicated your professional life to the good health of our heart. And it's interesting how life evolves. And you said you never imagined that you would start a food company, but you see how it fits in terms of accomplishing this ultimate goal of good heart health. Yeah, so the idea behind Step 1 Foods is is really quite simple. It's we don't try to take over your stomach. <laughs> you know, it's not like a Nutrisystem plan or something. No, it's actually very, very approachable. And it's all we ask is that you eat a couple of snacks a day. Like, that's it. Instead of something you're eating, again, that happens naturally because there's only so much room in our stomach. So if you're eating this, you're, <laughs> you're eating less of something else. Um, but the, but the foods are, like I said, formulated specifically.
from real whole food ingredients. These are not funky powders or some weird chemical formulas. These are foods we know we should be eating, things like walnuts and almonds and chia and flax and oats and, you know, and blueberries and strawberries and, you know, and, and, and other dried fruits. Um, even some dark chocolate in, uh, is thrown in there. Um, so it's, it's really about eating, you know, eating in a way that is strategically formulated from real ingredients to deliver, you know, those nutrients of interest that I talked about, fiber, omega-3 fatty acids, antioxidants, plant sterols, in clinically meaningful ways, in, 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 sorry, clinically meaningful amounts. You know, we know what to eat. I mean, the studies are there. It's, it's not that I invented, you know, what we should eat. It's just we don't do it. And we don't do it because it's hard, right? So right. this is an attempt to make it easy. And here's the amazing thing, and this is what, you know, I, I hope your, your listeners walk away with, is food can have such a profound effect that you don't even need to change everything. You can just change a couple of things and see a measurable difference in health. So we actually did a clinical trial with Mayo Clinic and University of Manitoba. Randomized control clinical trial, the, the, sort of the highest level of scrutiny you can subject something to, the type of scrutiny that's typically reserved for pharmaceuticals. And we did something very simple, you know, just ask people like, here, you know, pick anything you want out of this box. There's, there's nine different um, step one foods products, you know, but pick, you know, take two servings a, a day of whatever you like. We'll check your cholesterol before and after, you know, 30 days. And what we found that in a free living population, these people were not sequestered in a lab where someone was, you know, <laughs> looking over their shoulder and saying, like, you will finish this. It was just, you know, people went about their lives, lived their lives. We asked them to change nothing else other than to make this little adjustment to their nutrition. Okay, in 30 days, people saw an average ODL reduction, so bad cholesterol reduction of 9%. Wow. Okay. 9%. If I reduce the average LDL of the U.S. population by 9%, I will finally dethrone heart disease as our number one killer. It is that powerful of an intervention. But here's like the, the most amazing thing is there were people in that trial that saw 20, 30, close to 40% LDL reductions in 30 days with food. These are medication-level lowering effects. And again, they didn't change everything. They didn't become yoga-practicing vegan triathletes, right? <laughs> they, you know, they just ate two bars a day or, you know, an, oat, an instant oatmeal and, you know, and a, and a smoothie mix or whatever. Whatever they, they like to eat. It's, it's, you know, the, the products are interchangeable in terms of nutrients of interest. And, and this is what happened. So we have a lot of power, again, like I talked about with, with high blood pressure, you know, with, with high cholesterol, boy, do we, you know, do a lot of us miss an opportunity to help ourselves and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. And if you're someone, you know, who doesn't want to take a statin, can't take a statin because you've developed a side effect, this is potentially a great resource. I'm not saying it's going to, you know, affect everyone the same. Not everyone's going to have a 40% LDL reduction. But it doesn't take long to find out, right? So this was 30 days right. to see what sort of response you could have to food. And if you see a response with this, chances are if you keep making additional changes, 
you can keep reducing your, your LDL cholesterol. Right. And what's really wonderful about this is that because there has been this study over just a 30-day period really takes out any kind of guesswork because we might look at a shelf in the grocery store and see, oh, this is supposed to be a healthy alternative, but it also can have some really not-so-great ingredients there for us. Here, the ingredients are exactly the right thing we need, and with the testing, that's the big thing. It's been tested to show these results. It's almost like I'm going to say a no-brainer. (laughs) Well, I agree with you. And, you know, I did this because my patients needed something. And, you know, telling people to eat better and giving them recipes. And I mean, for the people who do it, it is miraculous. I mean, you know, I've seen it. Medications list shrink, diagnoses melt away, like literally patients become non-patients. And that's the whole idea, right? Like, I'm, I'm really in this to put myself out of work. I, I should, what I treat need not exist. But like I said, it's, it's hard. And so, you know, that's, that's why we call it step one foods, right? It's not step one to 100. I don't pretend that it's, you know, everything you need to do for optimal health. But it is a place to get started. And it's easy. And you can test, you know, you're right. The, the testing part is really, you know, critical and unique in that you can, you know, see in a very short period of time, you know, are you a food responder, right? Do you have, you know, any hope of affecting your cholesterol with a dietary change? There are some people that have genetically driven high cholesterol levels, and it's just not going to matter, you know, what they do in terms of diet. That doesn't mean attending to nutrition, you know, isn't important because, you know, food affects everything, right? And if you're eating right for high cholesterol, well, guess what? You're also eating right for high blood pressure and high blood sugar and weight maintenance or reduction for preventing cancer, for reducing chances of dementia. You know, what we eat has a profound effect on our health, but it's it's not a one-hit wonder like drugs, right? Like Lipitor, what does it do? Well, it just lowers your cholesterol. That's it. You know, but food just does a lot, a lot of other things. I call it the comprehensive solution to a complex problem. Right. So to get the information about these products, about Step 1 Foods, we can just go to the website, correct? Correct. Steponefoods.com. And, you know, there's a lot of information there. There's, there's information about the trial that we did if people want, you know, additional details about that. That cholesterol management guide is, is on there. So it's actually on the, on the home page. If you scroll down a little bit, there's a place where you, you'll see it featured and kind of where you put in your email address and we'll send that to you. It's, again, it's free. And then you can take a look at the product, see if, you know, they appeal to you. And then the other thing I do is every single week, I write a blog about a cardiac or nutrition topic, again, to help people, you know, know more about how to manage their health, not necessarily just with drugs. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in knowledge being power. And we all need to be better stewards of our own health. And that's what I'm hoping that I am helping people achieve. 
it certainly appears that way, feels that way to me, Dr. Clotus, that <laughs> your passion to find these more natural solutions and, as you say, to put yourself out of business, which may not happen really soon, but at least you're on that path. And uh, that's beyond uh, admirable that this is the case and that there is such a, a great benefit to each of us with this. Yeah. You know, I would tell you that I love what I do. I love seeing patients. I, I love helping people. But, you know, I never realized how fulfilling this you know, step one foods would become for me, you know, every single day, we get emails or phone calls or messages from people who, you know, we don't ask for this, but but they'll like, they'll share their cholesterol results. And they're mm. so happy that, you know, that we could help. And boy, that is just so gratifying. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that need a solution like this. 94 million Americans have high cholesterol. I mean, that's insane mm. just on, you know, on its face, but there's so many people. And even if a small percentage can't tolerate the medications, that's literally millions of individuals who are kind of stuck. They don't have another option. Well, try food. Yes. And actually, try food instead, try food first, try food with, you know, food needs to be part of this. And again, if you can do this on your own, I will jump up and down and, and cheer you on. But if you need a place to start, this is a good place. Right. And we all need food. We all eat. So here's such a simple way to eat the right foods that are going to be beneficial for our complete healthy well-being. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I am so grateful to you for your passion and dedication and really pursuing the solutions that are going to be so great for each individual. You are such an inspiration. Oh, my gosh, Kate, thank you. <laughs> I'm just doing what I love to do and trying to help people. So that's well, enough. That's enough. Well, I am, for one, very grateful, but I trust others are really feeling it, as you mentioned, uh, with the comments that are left on the website. So thank you so greatly for your work, but certainly for taking time with us this morning. Um, my pleasure. It's, it's been great to be with you. Thank you for the conversation.